So yeah, my name's Dan, I'm part of the, the leadership team here at the church, and it is a, a real pleasure to have you here, uh, really excited for our uh, gift day. Um, just to say, just so you don't get worried that I've left the church, um, I, um, I'm not going to be here for the next month, um, because I'm actually going to spend the next uh, four weeks with, uh, with not, uh, Freedom Church, our church plant in the north of the city. Uh, I'm going to go and just be spending some time with them, and, uh, and seeing how they're doing, and hopefully not causing them too much hassle. So if you could be praying for them during this month while I'm with them, that's great because they need it. Um, but uh, yeah, so don't worry. Um, nothing's happened to me. I'm just spending some time there. And so uh, it's actually going to be the longest time that I've been away from Jubilee since I joined the church. So it's going to be very strange, um, uh, but uh, it is going to be great to just be up there and see what God is doing in the north of our city. And today, I want to speak on our gift day. I want to speak about stories. Um, Because you see, each of us have a story to tell. Each of us, if given time, you could stand here and tell the room about key moments in your life, about the places that you've been, about the experiences that you've had, about the people who have impacted you. And I'm sure we could also pick out parts of our story which didn't go as planned. I grew up in Hull, and at 18, I left the city with a plan that I would never, ever return. That was the plan, apart from to visit family and friends. I don't know if it, there's nothing against, it was nothing against Hull, it's just that I'm sure many of you have experienced that, of desire to, to kind of get away from what you know and, and, and break free from your, the, the normal life that you're used to. And, and I went off to, to university, and I... Um, my plan was that I'd either stay in Middlesbrough, which is where I studied, uh, or I'd move to another city. Um, it had to be Northern, though. That was the one thing. So it was Newcastle, York, Sheffield. Um, and yet the story didn't pan out that way. I found myself back in Hull and very frustrated with the way things were going. Little did I know that God was writing a different story. You see, my life at the time was built around my plans, around my desires, and yet God was orchestrating situations and circumstances to get my attention. Uh, Towards the end of 2009, um, I'd been back in Hull for about 18 months, and I started to become aware that maybe God was calling me to stay. I don't know if you've had that experience of just things keep happening, and you kind of think, "Uh, okay, God, maybe you're on my case, and I'll, that's a different story I'll, I'll share with you another time, but January 2010 marked a moment in my life where God asked me if I was willing to, to rip up the script that I'd written, how my life was going to go, the things that I wanted to do, would I rip up that script and allow God to write a different story? I joined Jubilee Church at that point and found myself included in a bigger story. As a church, we have seen God write some amazing stories. The way God has moved, the the people God has saved, the the way God has provided, the people God has healed. Amazing stories of God moving. And yet we also have stories that have left us confused, left us wondering where God is, why that happened, what God is doing. You know, when someone comes to faith and there's this amazing story of encountering God, And then one night, takes drugs and dies from an overdose. Stories of people who love the church, love Jesus, served wonderfully. They get ill and despite our faith for healing, they die. 
Stories of people who met Jesus and then walked away. The mess of mistakes. The mess of relational hurts. And yet through it all, there is a story that God took this random bunch of people and decided to advance his kingdom in Hull through them. Despite our fragility, God showed himself to be faithful. September will mark 17 years of Jubilee Church Hull. We are here because God has been faithful. God has been writing a story and has chosen to include us in it. It's truly wonderful. And yet God has not finished yet. There are still more stories to be written. And in a few moments, we're going to give together and we're going to give towards full view our building project. We feel this is the next, God's invitation into the next part of our story as a church. But it's important to say that building projects do not save people. Only encountering Jesus saves people. But this project does present us with a chance for God to write some new stories. Because when it comes to this city, it comes to our city, it comes to our region, there are more stories to be written. There are thousands upon thousands of people in our city who don't know Jesus. And yet Jesus says, says, I came to seek and save the lost. Our belief is that for many people in this city, God has a new story for them. The plans of their life are going to be ripped up as God wants to see different stories happening. People locked in addiction finding a different story of freedom. People chasing fame and success being written a different story of God's acceptance. People chasing pleasure being written a different story of the love of Jesus being poured into their lives. So we raise money to do building work in order so we can welcome the city in, to provide space and then let God do his thing. Let God be God and let him write some new stories. I want to read today from Luke 24, a story that happens to two guys or two people whose story was going one way and it ended up very differently. This is Luke 24, 13 to 35. This story that we're about to read happens just after Jesus' death. Two people have left Jerusalem and they're heading back to their home village of Emmaus. And let's read this. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened to them. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked alongside them, but they were kept from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. And one of them named Cephas asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since this all took place. In addition, some of the women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they didn't find his body. They came and told us that they'd seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish are you? How slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. 
Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village that they were going to, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it's nearly the evening, the day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it and and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scripture to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, it is true, the Lord has risen and appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on their way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Stories. God is writing a story for each of us. He is writing a story for us as a church, but he is also writing a much bigger story. From creation, God has been writing this story. Beginning in Genesis, we read of God creating all things. And then the Bible tells us of God and his relationship with his people, his response to their rebellion, his promises to them that he will be faithful despite of their unfaithfulness. We see these promises fulfilled in the arrival of Jesus. And then in the New Testament, we find this story of God releasing the kingdom through his people that we're looking at at the moment in our series in Luke. And then we get taken as far as the book of Acts, And we see the early church, and then we get to continue the story. However, at the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, it tells us how this all ends. So the Bible tells us what has happened before, and it tells us how it finishes, and yet there is an unwritten script between now and eternity. A script that God already knows, but is yet to be revealed and yet to be seen by us. The Bible shows us that God is sovereign even amongst the mess we make of his plans. God gives us freedom. He gives us agency, this this chance to create, to build, to live. He gives us a chance to partner with him in writing the unwritten parts of Scripture. And here in this passage, we see two people walking away from Jerusalem. They had experienced, they they hoped that they were going to experience this victorious moment. The man that they'd been following, this Jesus, he was going to be the Messiah that they were waiting for. They were about to walk into the next part of the story, and yet here they are. Jesus is dead. They are heading back to their normal life. They are heading back to what they know. If you submit your life to following Jesus, things will not always go as you planned. I'd love to say that Jubilee's story has been one of one degree of glory to another. But the truth is, sometimes the story doesn't make sense. Sometimes we wonder where God is in it and what the future has in store. For these two people on the road, I'm sure there is a moment when they chose to follow Jesus. There's this moment when they left everything like those first disciples that we read about. That excitement of following Jesus. That excitement I'm sure many of us in this room have experienced. That moment, I'll do anything, I'll follow you Jesus anywhere. Just just lead me, I'm, I'm there, I'm there, I'm so excited. And yet here they are, heading back 
to their home place, disappointed and disillusioned. Faithfulness to the call of God is not always easy. As a church, we've had to walk through seasons of confusion, seasons of doubt, seasons of having to stand firm on the promises of God, knowing that he is faithful. He will not disappoint. You know, walking back to what we knew before is not an option because there is a story still to be written. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is found in, the, in, in John 6. Jesus has been gathering many people. Uh, he's been healing people. He's been attracting quite a crowd. People want to follow this guy who can turn water into wine, who can heal people. And yet then he starts to teach them. And, and for many people, the teaching is so hard that they walk away. It's so radical. They think, I can't live this out. And we read it in verse 66 of John 6. After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him. This is Jesus. So Jesus said to the twelve, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have believed and come to know that you are the Holy One of God. You know, as God has been writing the script of my life, when, when I'm experiencing mountaintop moments, when things are going really well, you know, it's so easy to follow Jesus then. So easy to follow Jesus when things are going well, but when things are tough, I come back to these verses time and time again. Because no matter how difficult it seems, how easy it would be to give up, I simply can't because I've met Jesus. He has my heart. And I want to speak today to people who feel like giving up. Maybe you've served faithfully, but you are fed up. Things have not worked out as you hoped. Maybe you feel undervalued by people. You feel forgotten. You feel rejected. Maybe the story hasn't worked out as you hope and you feel like giving up on God altogether. Go back to what it was like before you met Jesus. Let me tell you today, Jesus is better. Yes, people are going to fail you. Jesus won't. Yes, the church will make mistakes. Jesus won't. Yes, your life might work out differently to your plans, but Jesus is faithful and he is writing a story in which he will complete and everything that you go through and everything that you are going through right now will be worth it. And so for these people in the midst of their confusion, on the road to Emmaus, Jesus turns up and he walks with them. Verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked with them but they were kept from recognizing him. I don't know what happens in this part of the story. I don't know if Jesus puts on some crazy disguise or it's the work of the Holy Spirit. I I'm not sure. But there is this really funny moment when Jesus describes all that happened to himself and they don't realize. And, and, and yet he meets them in the middle of the story. And he does more than just walks with them. He reveals truth to them. Verse 27 says, And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning him. He centered it around scripture. As a church, we must be people who are centered around the truth of scripture. I can list people and I can list churches who have strayed away, even big movements that are no more because they have walked away from the truth of scripture. Jesus was helping these friends understand their place in the bigger story. Because you know the Bible is not about you and I. 
Sometimes, you know, we can remove, we read scripture as if it's like written directly to me with me in the center. You know, remove said Bible character and substitute their name for my name and read the Bible that way. The Bible is not about me. But the great news is the Bible includes me. The Bible is a story of God and his covenant relationship with his people. I am now part of that story. You are now part of that story. I am so thankful for the last 16 years as a church that Jesus has been present. I'm so glad that we have stood firm to what God has called us to do. But in a culture that is so opposed to the ways of Jesus, we need to resolve it in our hearts that we will not bow our knee to any king or anything other than King Jesus. That what he says goes, even if it causes us to be rejected, to be misunderstood, to be persecuted. This story is not about me. This story is about Jesus. Jesus explains the scriptures to his friends. He helps them see that it is all about Jesus. And we need to be a church that's all about Jesus. Everything else is just a way of helping others and those around us to connect with him. If our plans and our activities do not lead us towards the lost and do not point them towards Jesus, then we need to stop doing them straight away. Verse 30 says, And when he was at the table with them, he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it with them, and they began, and began to give it to them. He's been walking on the road, then they invite him back to their house, and he starts to break bread. And then it says, Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and then he disappeared from their sight. And they asked each other, When are our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened scripture to us? These two disciples finally realize who Jesus is. Their hearts burned within them. I love those moments when Jesus just draws close and sets my heart on fire for him again. Because meeting Jesus changes everything for them. They turn around. They were heading one way. They meet Jesus again. They turn around and they head back to where they were coming from, back to Jerusalem, back to the place the disciples were, back to the place where the story was being written. Meeting Jesus changes everything. Jesus is not an add-on to your life. Please, if you're not a follower of Jesus today and you're just looking in, you're very welcome. Please do keep coming back. But, But I'm sorry if we've made it seem like Jesus, we can just add Jesus to our life like we add another like going somewhere or doing something, just add a little bit of Jesus to our lives. No, meeting Jesus changes everything. He becomes the center of our lives. Jesus demands that we submit everything to him. If you don't know Jesus, it'll cost you everything to follow Jesus. Our plans, our dreams, our desires, we hand them over to Jesus and we allow him to write a better story. There are thousands upon thousands of people in this city and this region who need to find Jesus. There are people who will only hear the name of Jesus if we go and share it. There are places in the nations where some of you will go with the good news of the gospel. There are places in this country, there are maybe countries overseas that have never heard of the name of Jesus will be impacted because of the work of this church and our partnership with other churches. As we do that, as we share Jesus with people, watch him change everything. There are stories still to be written, lives still to be changed. But one last thing before we give to add from this story. 
The story starts, now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus. And then a little bit further down, we find in verse 18, it says, one of them named Cleopas. The second person never gets named. Now we can speculate about this person, but we don't know. And if I'm being honest, if it's confession time, I would be really annoyed about that. If I was the second person who never got named, my moment of fame, and they name one of us and not the other, it doesn't seem fair. Cleopas is going to be go down as the person who walked on the road to Emmaus with Jesus. I, I don't even have a camera to take it and take a selfie and put it on social media. No one will ever know. I'll be telling my friends, I was the unnamed person on the road to Emmaus. And they're like, of course you were. (sighs) You know, as God writes stories, some will seem bigger than others. God will use some people in seemingly mighty ways. You know, maybe that evangelist who sees thousands saved. Maybe that social action initiative that transforms a town. Maybe that church that has all the resource and attracts hundreds and hundreds of people every week. Maybe that business that God uses to have real kingdom impact. And sometimes when we hear those stories, we want to be able to celebrate, but really we just feel inadequate when we compare ourselves to what God is doing elsewhere. We feel like maybe that unnamed disciple. If we want to see God do an amazing work through us, then we have to die to the desire for recognition. We have to start, and we have to reject comparison. God's story is being outworked through faithful followers, and he will do amazing things, I believe, if we don't care who gets the credit. And today, as we give, our desire for recognition is challenged. Because as we give, no one will know what we have given. No one will understand the cost. No one will understand the sacrifice that it takes to come and give. But in giving, we choose to make it about others and not ourselves. We choose to make it about God's story and not our own. We choose to make it about Jesus and letting him write a new story for our city and for our region. This is about Jesus. Psalm 127 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. I'm so excited for what God is going to do for this offering. I'm so expectant for how God is going to use and continue to use this building for his glory. Are you ready to step into this new part of the story for us as Jubilee Church Hall? We celebrate what has gone before. We thank God for his faithfulness over the last 16 and a half years But let me tell you, God has not finished yet. There is a story still to write. And as we give, we invest into that future and into that story. That we would share that story, the story of Jesus, with thousands in our city, in our region. God came to seek and save the lost. And he invites us to partner with him today. Would you stand? So in a moment, we're going to sing a song of worship and parents are going to go and collect their kids during this song uh, and then bring them back in because then in a moment, Lauren will explain how we're going to give. But let's just pray. Father, we just want to thank you. We are 
So grateful for what you've done through Jubilee Church Hall in this city. The stories that you have, the lives you have changed, the stories that you have written. We are so, so thankful. And Lord, we want to be a people who make it all about you. Lord, we want to see you advance your kingdom. We know there are many, many people in this city that you want to reach and you want to use us to reach. Lord, we thank you that we're just, we're a small part of it. We're a small part of what you're doing in this city. But I thank you that we do get to play our part. And Lord, I pray that as, as we give, you would stir our hearts afresh. Lord, that you would stare us afresh, that we would invest into what you're going to do in this city, how you're going to use this church for your glory, how you're going to use this building, this building that was once was full of people. 60, 70 years ago was full of people worshipping Jesus. Lord, that you use this building to really advance your kingdom in, through the Methodist movement. And Lord, we pray you would do it again through us. Lord, I pray you would speak to each of us, Lord, that none of us would give out of compulsion today. None of us would give because we feel we have to. None of us would give because other people are, but we would give what you've called us to give, that we would give joyfully because of all the goodness you've given us. We would give out of response to who you are and what you want to do. And we pray that as we give, you would write many new stories in our city. In Jesus' name, amen.